Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Good morning. Amen. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Come on. By faith, I can hear you. Say good. I'm blessed. Amen. Today's Sunday. Here we go. We are worshiping God today. Or it may be a Monday or a Tuesday or whatever day you're watching this uh, on our YouTube channel or however you're viewing it. God can be praised any day of the week. How many agree with that? In fact, we need to praise Him every day of the week. Amen? Get into that habit. And uh, But I love Sunday. I love being able to uh, get up and share the Word and bring you a good Word today. And that's what we're doing again during these crazy times. And and uh, I just want to say thank you so much and give a huge shout out to whoever you are that came by the church and did an amen drop uh, as we're pulling up this morning to get ready to get in here. Uh, we keep it 10 of us. We've been following the CDC guidelines. And so at the most we'll have here is 10, our production crew and our worship team, Stephen Lindsay and uh, Joe now. Amen. That's about it. So there's only a few of us here uh, on Sundays coming live to you to make this happen. And uh, so we're, you know, getting ready to come in and say hi to everybody. And I pull up and I see all the signs out front. Maybe we'll show that later today, just the amen drops. And some of you made uh, just handmade uh, poster boards that just said amen and just encouraging words. Uh, I miss River Kids on there. And come on, somebody. Yes, somebody had that on there. Amen. And so that, that made my day. That made all of us, all of our mornings. We were talking about how uh, such a blessing that is to pull up and to see that, man. Thank you. That I needed that today. Amen. Uh, need that. We all need to be encouraged. And so if you're watching, however you're watching today, I just love seeing the names. And, and we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 19 today. And uh, as you're turning over to 1 Kings 19, just see some of your names here on the, on our Facebook page uh, that are watching. Let us know where you're watching from, especially if you're outside of Southeast Michigan. I love being able to see where you're from. And uh, amen. Has somebody from Miami watching us this morning? Wherever you are, drop it in the comments on our YouTube channel or Facebook, uh, and let us know where you're watching and receiving the word from this morning. Amen. Good morning, Kovan. How you doing, brother? Good to have you with us. And if you're on a watch party, I know I can't visually see your comments if you're on someone else's page, but I trust the worship and the presence of God is in your living room or wherever you're watching it from today. And it, and I just want you to engage into the Word today right now and just get in. I, I believe i got a word for us today and in 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, as we are getting ready to reopen and states are reopening, uh, how many's ready to get back to it? How many's ready to get back to it? Amen. Put that in the comments if you're watching uh, Facebook or YouTube. Just put it in there. I'm ready to get back to it. Amen. I see the loves, love coming up on the Facebook there, all the hearts. Amen. Thank you. Ready to get back to it. I, I, that's what I'm going to talk about today. I started to preach this a couple weeks ago, uh, and then I just put it on hold uh, and because we weren't ready, ready yet. We've had the mandates, and every state has been different, but we are ready to um, get back to it. And in fact, this week, uh, we will be making an announcement from our church uh, on how our soft reopening is going to look in just a few weeks. We're going to have uh, a gathering here, and it's going to be different. 
We're going to follow the CDC guidelines, but we need to get together and worship uh, as a body. Those that are able, those that are willing, uh, and we're going to continue to live stream as well. But be watching for that on our social media, uh, our emails. We're going to be sending out a, a, a mass email to everyone that's on our mailing list. And so email us and let us know your email address if we, if we don't have your email address so we can be included in the uh, outline and our plan uh, of moving forward. But 1 Kings chapter 19 is a story of a prophet, Elijah, who was being used of God in a mighty way. And then um, he found himself, um, something happened, the world didn't turn around like he thought, and he got really depressed, and he ended up running uh, far away, and he got himself into a cave, into a cave of depression, actually, and he was very uh, suicidal. He actually asked God to take his life. It was a very low place for this mighty prophet of God, and that just goes to show you that even people of faith uh, are, are susceptible to having struggles and downtimes, and, and, uh, and, and if I can just be transparent with you and be real, and that's what this message is all about, about being real, uh, but we have, we have something that gets us through those low seasons, and that's if you have Christ, and that's the Holy Spirit that is within you. You just got to stir it up, and you just have to remember that, and, and he will bring us out. So that's what this message is all about in 1 Kings chapter 19, I want to do some reading, so read along with me in verse 9. And it says, And there Elijah ran, and he went into a cave, and he spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and God said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah said, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel. Um, I haven't forsaken your covenant, but everyone else has forsaken your covenant. They tore down your altars and killed your prophets. He said, I'm the only one left. How many has ever felt that way? He's feeling lonely. He's feeling isolated. He's feel, he feels like he's the only one serving God. And verse 11, God said to him, go out and stand. On the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by in a great strong wind and tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after that, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle because he recognized the voice of the Lord. And then he came out and he stood. And uh, the voice said to him again, what are you doing here, Elijah? And again, Elijah said, I've been very zealous for the Lord. And he's feeling alone. Verse 15, God said, I want you to arise and return or go and return on your way to the wilderness to Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. He gives him a new assignment. He gives him three things he wants him to do. I want you to anoint, uh, go through the wilderness of Damascus. I want you to anoint Jehu and then Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel. And then he says in verse uh, 18, And by the way, I have reserved 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed their knee to me. In other words, Elijah, you're feeling alone, but you're not alone. I've reserved for me 7,000 of faithful servants who are who are serving me through this quarantine, who are who are faithful, who are doing it. You may not see them. They may not be out in the limelight, but they're serving me. They haven't surrendered and caved in to the pressures of the 
enemy and, and of the world, but they're serving God and they're living for me in this day and age. And so, uh, but that one verse where he told them to arise and return, that's what I want to preach on this morning. Arise and return. As I asked you before, how many's ready to get back to it? That's what this message is all about. Well, how's your quarantine going? How, how are you doing during this time? Are, are you, have you learned any new skills? Uh, have you learned maybe to cook? Or uh, I don't know, what have you been doing around the house? Many projects people have been able to, to get on. Have you been to Home Depot lately? If you've been to Menards lately, it's like Black Friday every day in that place. We went through a walk in our neighborhood uh, yesterday in the evening, and I've never seen our, our, the community look so good this early in the year. All the yards were done. People were out. And uh, we were talking, people were just, this one family walked by and the little kids just couldn't stop waving at all of us. And <laughs> they were just happy to see people <laughs> and, and not just a screen, really people. And the mom and dad and just kind of looked at us and kind of, you know, just had a little moment there uh, of just, you know, seeing living people. And uh, it was really, really cool. But many people are out doing yard work and all these different things and and being able to pick up some new skill. People are learning how to do instru- play instruments. I, I saw someone was learning how to play the piano. And uh, so there's been a lot of good that's come out of this quarantine, some new skills that we might have uh, developed and been able to do. Um, but, maybe there's, but there's also some bad things that have been happening during this isolation, and we're trying our best to stay connected. And even right now, watching through the cameras, and you're, you're, you're connected with me wherever you're sitting, but it's, it's not the same, right? And we know that. It's not, it's not the same. That's why it's real important that we do uh, get back to worshiping those that are able. There, there is something uh, about coming together corporately and worshiping. We're, we're not created to operate by looking at a screen, we're not made to have community that way. We're connected, but we're not connected. And so it's been taking a toll on society. You've seen the statistics. You've heard the doctors, and you've heard and read the articles in the paper how people um, are really facing depression. Depression's on an all-time high, and, and it's a very scary time for many people. And loneliness and things like that is really starting to take its toll on people. There was a nurse... Uh, talking with a church, and I was watching it, and she said in the Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas area that alcohol use and prescription drug use is up 700%. Uh, I, I just can't wrap my mind around that, and people are turning to these different things, and we're facing a crisis, and there's going to be other crises come out of this quarantine, and and so to start this story off, this is exactly what happened even to the prophet. He found himself uh, being weighed down. And, and uh, if you know the whole story there, Jezebel wrote a letter to him. And, and just he ended up just getting real depressed. And he ran into this cave. And he's just suicidal. He's just feeling it. And the Lord began, let me just begin with this. He began by asking Elijah a question. And the question was, what are you doing here, Elijah? And it sounded, you know, God's very stern sometimes, uh, with, but he's that way with his people. Hebrews says that God will discipline his children. In other words, if God's not being stern with you, then maybe you're not a, a child of God. That's what Hebrews says. This is a, a way to know that God, you know, is being, 
that we are a part of the family of God is when God has these tough talks with us. And he's looking at Elijah, and he's saying, Elijah, what are you doing in this cave of depression? Didn't I just call fire down from heaven for you? Didn't I just uh, do a miracle for you? And, and, and here you are, you know, into this cave. What, what are you doing here? What, what are you, uh, how, how did you get your eyes off of me? What, what, is, what, what is going on with you? And, and maybe that's you, and you're feeling you know, emotionally, you're in a place, and you're a follower of Christ, and, and, and you're a believer, and you've got the Spirit of God in you. Let me just be transparent with you today. It's okay to admit that you're feeling that way, but God is saying, hey, come on, stir it up with you today. I mean, you've got someone greater in you than he that is in the world. What, don't, don't allow this thing to bring you down. Elijah, what are you doing in this cave? You know, I've, I'm with you. I'm, I, I got my anointing upon you. Amen. And that's what he's saying to Elijah. What are you doing in this place? And maybe you have allowed this quarantine to get you off. And, and as I said, I was talking with some, the team earlier this morning, you know, if you haven't been strong in your faith, being isolated from the body of Christ can take a toll on you. But it's caused all of us to kind of, you know, either go toward him or away. And I always want to mention that when I'm coming to you like this way is encourage you to go stronger after God, to lean into God during this time. He is with us. Come on, tell somebody there next to you. He is with us. If you're by yourself today, just say that out loud. God, I know you're with me. I know you're with me. And he's saying, what has allowed you, uh, or what are you doing here? And I just want to throw that out to you. Maybe you're a follower of Christ, and you're at a place, and you've allowed yourself to be in a situation where you know you shouldn't be doing that right now. You, you've, you, you've let your standards down. The word to you today, before we get any deeper into this, before God brought him out, he let him see. He wanted him to be aware of where he was. And what are you doing here? I got, I got a better plan for you. you. You are a child, a son, or a daughter of God. You know, living this way isn't the way that I've planned for you to do. And I, and I got my, my anointing with you. Come on, help me today. Amen. What are you doing here? And then he, the first thing he did in verse 5, the Bible says that he sent an angel to him. Look what it says. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Arise and eat. This is what I, when I begin to read this. And he began to bring change during this while he was in the cave. Before he brought him out of the cave and before he got back to it, he wanted him to make some changes in his life. And that's what this message is all about. And I would say that's what this whole quarantine is all about, is for us to make some changes in the quarantine. This is an opportunity for us to make some changes. And God said, I'm not going to just bring you back out and everything go back to normal without making some changes. There, there's some changes that needs to be done in your life, Elijah. And the first thing is, is let's change your diet. What are you eating? How many need to change your diet? How many need to change the quarantine diet? Hey, man, hands are going up right here in our team. How many? Hey, I know it's not right to, to have a craving at 11 o'clock at night for some coconut cream pie. Hey, man, that, that, that's, that, that's not good, but that, that happened. And um, I did get a coconut cream pie, by the way. Hey, man, actually, uh, I bought one on Mother's Day for Melinda, and we shared it. Hey, man, because couples that crave together stay together. Hey, man, come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Don't judge me because some of you got it right now sitting on the, on the, on the pantry and they're on the table. Amen. You ain't going to eat that big chocolate cake. Come on, somebody. 
Amen. But it's, you know, it's, it's okay, you know, whatever, but we need to start changing that diet. We know that. We'll get back to it. Don't be judging one another. Some of us are going to look so different when we see each other. It's going to be like, who are you? Oh, yeah. Amen. I, I get it. But what God is talking about here to Elijah, he's talking about, a, you know, we can spiritualize this. That's what I love about the Bible. The Bible is not just practical, but it's also spiritual. It's a spiritual lesson to be learned. What are you feeding yourself emotionally on? Come on, what, what, what is your diet? What are you listening? What are you feeding on? What, are you, uh, what kind of pattern of thinking is, is going around in your mind? What are you, what are you allowing to, to meditate on? Negative thoughts and patterns. It, it will bring you further, deeper into the cave of depression. As Elijah stood there, he began to think he's all alone. The more he thought about he was all alone and he was the only one serving God, the worse he got. And so the, an angel, which is a messenger, came to him. God sent a messenger to him to first say, hey, man, what are you feeding yourself on? And that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm a messenger today by God just saying, what are you feeding on? What are you feeding on right now? What, what are you meditating on? What, someone might have said something to you or, or, or something in your mind, and you keep just going over again in your mind how you're not going to make it, or you can't do this or, or that. And that's what Elijah was doing. He's just meditating that he's on those thought patterns that he is all alone. And it's easy to think that we're, we're the only ones sometimes serving God. When you, when you look at, you know, a lot of our TVs, a lot of the Christian faith isn't represented in a lot of our shows. And you may think, like, no one's really living for God. Let me just tell you, the church is going strong, stronger than ever right now. There are people watching and coming to Christ. Every ministry that I follow and watch, they're posting the numbers, including our church. We're reaching into the, so many families, and people are watching. It's like double of what we've been having here and when we gather together. So there's a lot of good that's going on. There's a lot of families that are being reached. A lot of you are watching us right now, and you have come to Christ during the quarantine. You have, you have rededicated your life to the Lord. I said, God bless you. Amen. That's awesome. That's what, that's what this is all about. And it's time to us to start correcting uh, our, our thought patterns and, and our spiritual diet. What are we feeding on? You know, I, I don't know. There's a lot of rumors going around about COVID-19 and where did it start. I don't know where it started. I don't know uh, if it was intentionally brought here. I don't know if Dr. Fauci is a Martian, okay? I don't know. I, I don't know if, if, uh, if what conspiracy thoughts that are out there. There's so many of them. And I know the more I, I wait for the truth of COVID-19 to come out, I start losing my peace and my joy. So don't lose your peace and joy waiting for the truth of COVID. Keep your, your peace and joy by dwelling on the truth of God because the truth of God is already out. I can tell you what the Word says, that if two or three are gathered in my name, so I am in the midst. I can tell you that he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I can tell you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I can tell you that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Lord, the Spirit of God, will raise a standard up against him. I can tell you that whatever Whatever things are pure, whatever things are noble, whatever things are of a good report, think on these things. I can tell you that. Come on, somebody give them some praise right now in your living room. Go ahead, praise them right now. Amen. I can tell you that. I can tell you that that is a fact. And that's what we dwell upon. In fact, Philippians 4 tells us that if we think on these good things, the promises of God, I can tell you that he's got a plan and a purpose for your life, and they are good and not of evil. 
to give you a future and a hope. As you think about those things, it will begin to bring you out of that cave. It, it'll cause you to start being more prepared as we arise and return. We've got to correct some thought patterns. Some may have been skeptical with the church world or God or religion or whatever, and you've been able to watch and see in these messages that we preach. You're like, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. I never knew that. That's God trying to tell you. Let's change our thinking when it comes to him, when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to living for him. Amen? Amen. But he says, when we think in Philippians 4, he says, when we think about these things that are pure and of a good report, it says the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. As we start feeding on the word of God, it starts to bring us out. And then God began to bring him out in verse 15. He told him to arise and return, basically. He says, now it's time for you to go. It's time for you to return the way that you came, and you're going to go back. It's time for you to go back to what I've called you to do. And that's where we are as a church. That's where we are as a people. But he said to Elijah, when you go back, it's going to be a little bit different. And it, it is going to be different. It is different right now. It's different now, and it's going to be different when we go back. Even when we gather together for our first service here uh, in just a few weeks or, or in June when, when you see the details, it's going to be different than what it was. And it may be a little while before we get back to how it totally was. But he said to him in verse 15, he said, arise and return. And then as he, re he returned there, he told them, there's three things I want you to do. I want you to, uh, he added to his, his assignment. He gave him three new assignments and he said, when you return, I want you to go through the, Damas the wilderness of Damascus. As I begin to think about that, the wilderness of Damascus, where, what is Damascus? What is that? Damascus is one of the oldest cities on planet Earth, the oldest known city in the Middle East. You may recognize it if you're a Bible student from Acts chapter 9. This is where the Apostle Paul, who was a religious person, and he wasn't really a, he wasn't a follower of Christ, he just thought he was okay the way he was. He, he believed in God, but he didn't really follow Christ. He didn't really live for Christ. He was a believer in God. And in Acts chapter 9, on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus knocked him off of his horse. He saw a bright light, and he fell to the ground. And it was that place where I, I've preached this before that it was called the road to Damascus. It was where God demasks us. It was where God took off the religious mask off of Paul. And Paul got to know who Jesus really was. And as I begin to read this, and Elijah is returning, he, he's, saying, he's saying to Elijah, when you return back to your life, I want you to keep this. I, I want you to keep this tradition and this, this new habit that you've developed Going, Because he would have never came this way had he not come into the cave. He would have never went through the Damascus wilderness. And I believe that's what God is doing even right now during this, this, this time. Is he's, allowing, we have, he's knocking some of us off our high horse, if I could say it like that. He's, he's causing us to kind of pause for a moment and to see how God is in control. And that's what he did with Paul. That's what Damascus represents it's a place where we, we keep the masks off. I know we're, we're told to wear masks, you know, in, in society, and I, I'm all for that, to slow the spread. And, you know, certain stores, they want you to wear a mask when you come in, and I get that. 
But when it comes to living for God, when it comes to God, we got to allow God to demask us. I want you to write that down. Allow God to demask us when, when we are getting back to it, when we are returning back to the life that God has called us to live and we get back to know. Keep the habit of spending time with God where you're taking the mask off, when you're saying, I don't have it all together. I'm not going to go back to, to hiding behind the mask and saying that I'm okay just the way I am. No, no, no. You need to get to the place where you say, I'm a sinner, I'm broken. I can't do life without you, God. I need you into my life. That is, has to be a part of our, our new re- routine. And it was during this time when he was in the cave that God said, that brought him out. He said that, uh, the Bible says that a great earthquake passed by, that a great whirlwind passed by, a great power uh, uh, or a great fire came by, but God was not in that. God was not in none of those things, but he was in a small, still voice. What he's doing is he is revealing himself to Elijah in a new way. God is revealing himself. He wants to reveal himself in a new way to all of us. That he's not always in the spectacular, but he's in the silence. He's not always in the powerful, but he's personal. And we got so used, you know, many people were coming to church and listening and watching the big worship teams and, and we got all the big lights and we got all that. And many people were coming and leaving the same. They weren't being changed. And this is what, and that he was the same too. After, after he saw all of those power demonstrations, the Bible says he still was the same. He was still feeling all alone. He was, what brought him out of the cave is when he heard that whisper, when he heard a whisper from the Lord to say, Elijah. Why did he whisper? A whisper is when you only whisper when you're close to somebody. And during this quarantine, hopefully, you've allowed God to get close to you during this time. You've allowed him to get close where he doesn't need to have this big rah-rah and all this. He wants to start guiding us by his voice. Come on, listen to that. Get used to listening and being led by his voice. We're going to need that when we get back to the new norm. When we get back to life, we should be able to have a, a more in tune with the spirit kind of ear with God. So we need to add that to our life, add the habit of allowing God to demask us. Keep that into our life. Keep that into our time where we get along with God and, and take the veil off and say, God, man, I, I need you more than ever. Then God said to Elijah, so I want you to keep that part. He didn't say, I want you to skip wilderness. I want you to go back, but I want you to keep that wilderness. And I want you to go and anoint Jehu. Jehu. In other words, he's saying, I want you to return with passion. Because Jehu represents passion in the Bible. He represents having zeal for the Lord. In 2 Kings 10, 16, it says this, Then Jehu said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. He was known for a person having a passion. See, Elijah lost his passion. He lost his passion during that time. And some of you might have lost your passion for God and lost your passion for worship and lost your I'm not being being mean, I'm just being truthful. Elijah did. He's a man of God and he did. And he found himself feeling all alone. He said, Man, I've done all this and I just don't have it. And as we get back to following God, some of us might have to stir those passions back up. We've gotten used to not coming to the house of God. We've gotten used to not, and we've slowly allowed ourselves to go deeper and deeper away from God. I mean, church has never been so easy now. You just click a button. But how many have now on Sundays not clicked a button even, I wonder? 
just slowly found something else. And it's not traffic. It's not sick. It's not didn't have nothing to wear. We have none of those excuses. Come on, somebody. It's just a click away. But what some of us haven't done it. And if you are, you're not watching. I don't know. But maybe you've been tempted and you are watching and you're glad you are. I want to say, God bless you. You overcame that tendency to just become, you know, spiritually lazy. What, why is that? Because we've lost our passion. You, but I, I got good news for you. You can get your passion back. I said, you can get your passion back. You can get your passion back. It's like being awakened from a deep sleep. You don't feel like getting out of bed, right? You're just like, oh, you're so tired. But once you get up, once you get up, you're, like, you're glad that you're up, and you get dressed, and you go throughout your day. That's how it is spiritually when you get back into worshiping God and getting your passion back. But I love what he said. He said, go find Jehu. Notice everything he told him to do had to do with new relationships, new friends, a new circle. This is a good opportunity when we come out of the quarantine that you find some different friends, some, a different group, a different relationships that God wants for you. Maybe you don't belong to a church family and you don't have that. God is saying, I want you to, to connect with the body of Christ. But he said, I want you to go find Jehu. Why? Because passion is contagious. Passion is contagious. You can be some, around somebody who has a passion for hunting and you not even be a big hunter. But you listen to them talk about hunting and how they get into it, or fishing, or sports. And nothing wrong with having a passion for all of those, because I have a passion for those. And I love doing it. I love being, I love watching football, if we ever have football again. I love it. That's my passion. I love it. I love getting excited about it. But none of them are greater than my passion for the Lord. And my passion for God, I have to protect it. i got to feed it i got to feed that fire. i got to feed and guard that. And i got to keep it going, keep the flames going. And that's what God is telling them. And one of the ways you do it is by getting around some Jehu. Some of you need a Jehu in your life. Some of you need somebody who's passionate about God. And you can find that even right now on social media. Here's one right here, our church. There's a, the gospel is going on. I see so many on, on all the platforms of young people, especially looking into the cameras, giving a few seconds and sharing devotions and praying with people. And there are, It's out there. You just got to find it and stir that passion. And when we get back, God has called us to arise and return. We need to get that passion back. Shake yourself and let that passion begin to burn more in your heart. But Jehu said, come and see the zeal that I have for the Lord. So God is saying, Elijah, it's time for you to go back, but you're going to go back different. I want you to keep those times where you keep the mask off, the religious mask off. And I want you to keep, get your fire back. Get around Jehu, anoint him. Because what you're not able to do by yourself, you can only do with having Haziel, which represents the Damascus part of your life. And when that don't get you through, your passion's going to get you through. And then he said, lastly, he said, I want you to go and find a, a young man named Elisha. Now, you got Elijah looking for Elisha. What was this? This is fresh vision, fresh mission. You need a fresh vision and a mission coming back out of this if you don't have one already. Our mission is a church is to arise and shine. That has not changed. We're called to do that. We're called to represent Christ and influence others. We're called to make a difference. We're called to love God and serve people. We are the church. That is my passion. That is our passion if you're called to, a, to be a follower of Christ. That's what we're called to do. Maybe you don't have that. You have to find a, a, mis a mission. 
His mission was to find Elisha and pour into his life, to make a difference in someone. Don't do life by yourself anymore, but to find Elisha. And he is going to be the one that's going to take uh, your place. He will be the next generation. He will, he, we got to pour into the next generation. we got to be able to have, that's what our life is for. Our life has to have purpose and ha- has to have a, a cause and a meaning. That's what God has called us to do when we come out of this. When Jesus came out of the wilderness, he had a a laser focus of fresh vision. It was in the wilderness where he he got transparent with God. When the enemy told him, who do you think you are? You're not really the son of God. Remember the temptation of Christ. It all happened in the wilderness. You see these three phases all in there, all in Jesus' ministry. And that's what we need when we get back is to keep those times. We're not going to get back to being, you know, some of are so phony and fake. And some of you, you know, we put that religious mask on that we're okay and we're not okay. We're not living for God. We're not living for Him. We're not bearing fruit as a Christ follower. This is, this is something that's going to keep us. What I'm sharing with us today is to be real, to be honest. I prayed that prayer so many times. God, if you get me out of this, I'm going to serve you. And I would go back right to my old life. But when I prayed that prayer the last time, and I, uh, November the 5th, when I really meant it on that day, I remember the date so clearly. I meant it. And I said, God, I'm taking the mask off. I'm going to get real with you. And I want to get on fire for you. I remember saying that. I'm going to be the most on fire for Christian than anyone's ever seen. I'm going to show them how to live for God. I'm not going to be halfway in, halfway out. That's how I did it. I didn't even know what I was saying at the time, but I was saying I was going to be a Jehu. I was going to be a Jehu. I was going to have passion. I was going to be on fire for God. You, how do you get on fire for God? You choose to get on fire for God. You choose that fire, and he drops that fire in your heart by the Holy Spirit. He just fills you with his presence, man. That's what he's looking for. We need, the church needs to arise and come out of this darkness, a, a blazing fire, and being on fire for God and having passion for worship and a passion sharing our faith and the passion. There are people waiting and wanting to hear from God. Been talking to people about God like crazy. Just had another conversation with somebody, just having a conversation about something else and wasn't going to share, wasn't going to go that way. Really, I was just building a relationship with them, but he just, I could see he was hungry for God and for the story that God has done in my life. So I began to tell him that, you know, there's a difference between a religion and a relationship. And I began to just share my faith with him, man. And I saw his eyes just light up. And there we were, standing in the front yard of that house. And here I am, just the Spirit of God ministering to him. I wasn't preaching, wasn't getting all loud, wasn't saying anything. Just sharing what God has done in my life. How he's changed me from the inside out. And I could see that passion getting on him. And then we start talking about how, how to watch services online and, and all of this. And before he left, he's just telling me how he liked me so much. And wow, I mean, this is a professional guy. We, we were... In a, in a situation where it was a professional thing, it wasn't a religious uh, atmosphere at all. What am I saying to you? That passion is contagious, man. And I remember myself, if I'm being honest, that that fire began to burn as I began to share my faith with them. And this is what some of us are right now. We've been locked up. You haven't been able to share your faith maybe, and that's what's causing you to dry up. Come on, that river's supposed to flow through you. That river is supposed to flow through you. The Bible says he that waters will be watered himself. When you share your faith and when you talk about your testimony, what God's done to you, it just, it just fans the flame even greater in your life. Amen? Fresh vision.
keep the mask off, the spiritual mask off. I'm not telling us not to wear a mask. I'm saying hashtag religious mask off or something. That's what, I'm, what I mean. Is don't get back to the fake facade, man. When we get back to meeting that everything's okay, we're going to be real with God. Elijah was real with God. He said, God, I'm facing depression, man. Take me home. I'm done. And God said, I, I can use that. I can't use this fake haughtiness that I'm good. I'm good just the way I am. No, 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 you ain't. Look at your life. He said, I can use that. I want you to keep that when you go back. I want you to get your passion back. I want you to get your fresh vision for your life and for your family, for your ministry. If you're watching, you don't go to church regularly, and you're a dad or you're a mom, your fresh vision is to be just a man of God or woman of God. Raise them up in in, in the things of God. That's your mission, mission. That's your vision right there. Amen. Well, I want to pray with you today. Every week I want to do that and just pray with you as we close out. If you need to accept Jesus Christ into your life, people are getting saved by the thousands all across America. You know, and many are comparing this plague until 1917 and 1918 when we had the uh, other plague that was awful. Millions died. Do You know, you go back and look at our history, the Great Awakening the great revival of America took place right after that. The Zuzu Street Revival. But before all of that happened in the first of the 1900s, early 1900s, and I could see a great awakening coming out of this. And I'm saying, let's get ready for it. Let's get ready for it. People are going to come to churches that have never been in churches in a long time or ever before. And if that's you, you need to accept Jesus Christ into your heart. This is how you do it. You just ask God to forgive you of your sins. You say, God, forgive me of all of my sins. Come on, say that right in your living room right now, right in your apartment. Just say, God, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. Make me new from the inside out. And God, bring me out of this cave. Bring me out of this season of life and bring me out different than when I came in. I want you. Go ahead, tell them that. Say, I want you, God. I want you. I want your spirit in my life. Make me new. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Keep praying for us. We're praying for you, and we're going to see each other real soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.